Hello and welcome into this episode of the KYR Podcast. This is episode six. We certainly appreciate you tuning in to the KYR Podcast and making this a part of your routine. Uh, We're going to try to bring you um, the very latest in news uh, and advocacy efforts, um, notes about education, uh, anything that is going to be relevant uh, to the realtors out there, realtor members. Um, Let us know if there's something you'd like us to cover. Uh, you can send me an email and, and let me know what it is you'd like to talk about, uh, what it is you'd like to hear about, and if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, uh, we are always uh, up for those um, suggestions. So thank you again. Uh, in this episode, um, you're going to hear a legislative update that uh, I recorded with Richard Wilson uh, just a couple of days ago. He's going to talk to you about a few bills that we're paying attention to that you're uh, definitely going to be interested in following. And a couple of bills that don't directly affect the uh, real estate industry, uh, but as you know, you know all legislation affects everyone, uh, and so he he kind of highlights a few key bills that have, I think, one that has passed and uh, some that are going to be noteworthy to pay attention to. So look forward to hearing from Richard. And then later on, I have a segment that I recorded out in San Francisco at the NAR conference. Uh, some of you may remember uh, back a few years ago, uh, our CEO here. Susie Helm, uh, she was here, I believe, from 2005 uh, until 2012. Uh, she was the CEO here. Now, she is the Vice President of State and Local Services at the National Association of Realtors. She was kind enough to join me in San Francisco and brought a, uh, a colleague of hers with her, and you're going to hear uh, a lot about what she's doing and how she can support um, not only us, uh, the State Association, but uh, local associations as well. Uh, and uh, and what she does and how she helps. And uh, so hopefully you can uh, uh, call on a familiar face there at NAR uh, to get some assistance if you need it. So we'll take a look at that. But first I wanted to start off with a little housing update. Um, we have some statistics just in for January, the beginning of 2020. Um, a lot of people were wondering, were we going to start strong? Well, you were right. Uh, it's off to a great start. Home sales actually jumped year over year 18.5%. Um, those closing figures uh, reached 3,153 homes sold, 18.5% jump over the 2,600 or so homes that were sold last year in January. Just really unbelievable. Uh, median closing price uh, in January was 167000 That's up 5%. So just gangbusters here in January. Um, we expect continued good things. The market is booming. I mean, it, I sound like a broken record, but you, you know how things are going. You know what the economy is doing, unemployment being low. Uh, I know recently with coronavirus and, you know, stock markets taking a hit, uh, you know, there are concerns. Um, but I think all in all, the it looks like the American consumer is doing well. Uh, people are looking to buy homes, get into homes, upgrade. Um, whatever the reason, transactions are up, and they continue to be up. Inventory continues to be low and um you know, it's just a kind of status quo right now, but we keep an eye on things and uh, we'll let you know and uh, what's going on. And then, of course, uh, you may have heard that we have some forward-looking, uh, I guess, indices that we're looking at. Um, we really want to be proactive. We don't want to just tell you about what happened last month in housing. We want to see if we can make some predictions. Um, not only are we looking at a housing IQ uh, partnership which will uh, help us to put together a housing market vitality report, uh, which is now available on our website, which uh, 
strive to predict what's going to happen over the next 12 months, we've actually been pushing out a survey that is going to kind of galvanize realtor opinion. And we call it the Realtor Confidence Index. Uh, just for realtors here in Kentucky, NAR does a nationwide um, collection of data, but we're trying to get real specific about what do realtors in Kentucky think about the market and what it's going to do in the next 12 months. How do how are home buyers? Uh, uh, what are, what are they behaving like? What does that look like demographically? Um, what is a realtor opinion on the market and what's going to happen? Are our, our prices going to go up? Is foot traffic going to go down? Those kinds of things. So. I know every realtor has their own opinion, but now you can get to see what uh, your colleagues think across the state. So what I want to do now is kind of introduce our segment with Richard Wilson. As I said, he is our government affairs director, and he gave us a legislative update with things that you need to be paying attention to. So let's get right to that. All right, Richard, thank you for being with me today. Hey, Paul, thanks for having me. No problem. Hey, I was uh, reading up about the quick response team and uh, you guys have been a little busy over the past few weeks. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Give me an update. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, busy is uh, is an understatement nowadays with uh, with session in, in full swing, and we're actually just now uh, just past the halfway point yep. for for the legislative uh, session. But for your legislative quick response team, um, as you know, it's made up of of ten uh, realtor members of uh, KYR right. and so far this session <clears throat> uh, they have voted to support eight bills oppose three bills and monitor 21 bills so yes okay. uh, our uh, our legislative quick response team has been very has been very active and engaged uh, throughout this entire session and I I just want to say Thank you to um, to each member of our legislative quick response team. I know it's not a a um, I, I guess it consumes a lot of time for them yeah. um, during the week and especially on Fridays when we have our our uh, weekly conference call to discuss new bills that come out uh, during that week. So uh, so yes, if you're on the legislative quick response team, uh, thank you so much for your time and dedication to uh to our uh, association thank you yeah that's a i know that's got to be a lot whenever you know new legislation comes up maybe it wasn't anticipated or maybe even it was but there's a lot of educating yourself and and reading and and discussion and all that so yeah um yeah so we we appreciate your work as well with, with the team especially with bill filing deadline coming up in two short weeks um you can expect to see the I guess the number of bills being filed from now until then to, to really pick up. Okay. Um, that's a, a big deadline for uh, for members and legislative journal members of legislative uh, team uh, is that bill filing deadline. So we okay. are, we we're happy when that when that day comes and passes. All right, and I know we'll get more updates as that happens. So a lot of legislation, and and when it comes to legislation. Um, it seems like relationships with those working in Frankfurt is really important. Tell me a little bit about that and why, why are those relationships so important? Yeah, so um, first and foremost, please know to our listeners um, and those of you listening are more than likely members of the Kentucky Realtors. Just know that your or our relationship with the uh, Kentucky General Assembly is strong it's probably the strongest it's ever been. Um, 
as you may know, there are quite a number of, of realtors that are actually legislators. Yeah. And so when bills come up and they are sitting in leadership uh, meetings or meetings with chair uh, persons, you have a voice not only in the Kentucky Realtors, but you have a voice in the state legislature as well with the number of, of legislators that are realtors. To, uh, to speak on relationships, um, they are very important when it comes to legislation. Members of the General Assembly uh, trust the realtors and value our feedback on legislation. Uh, your lobbyist, uh, Amy Wycliffe, the KYR staff and leadership is in constant contact with leadership of the General Assembly to work and improve on legislation uh, that would have an effect on it, on our industry with sometimes unintended consequences. Um, yeah. Legislators may reach out to us on, on specific bills and just get our opinion. Sometimes even before legislation has been filed, they, they bring the, the bill draft to us and, and value our feedback and just want to say, hey, does this – does this, does this bill or could this bill have any significant impact on the real estate industry or profession here in Kentucky? Um, you know, we, we value your feedback. We want to know what this bill could or could not do in relation to uh, realtors. Um, it is imperative that we, uh, as an association, have a solution-oriented approach when it comes to legislation and not just say, hey, we oppose this bill. Uh, let, let's come to the table. Let, let's come to a solution and, and make this bill uh, better. Um, you know, it's, it's all about relationships in Frankfurt. Um, a relationship could, could kill a bill or it could help pass a bill. Um, it's, it's imperative that we, as an association, have a, have, a, have a strong and continue to have a strong relationship with legislators in Frankfurt. Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, if legislators are coming to us seeking out our opinion that we're viewed as an association that's willing to work on those issues, and that and that's where that trust comes from. Yes, so. ab absolutely. Every realtor that's listening to this podcast should be very proud of the way our association is viewed in Frankfurt, because it is a strong one. That's great. So speaking of legislation, are, are there any newly filed bills that we should be aware of right now? Uh, yeah, first one that comes to my mind is, is uh, House Bill 450. Um, it actually comes to us from, from a realtor uh, okay. down in Paducah. It's Representative Randy Bridges. Uh, this bill uh, is dealing with uh, PVAs. It, it would establish uh, property tax liability requirements for when a real property is transferred from a seller to a, to a buyer in a calendar year. Uh, as we understand it, this is this is common practice now. However, it's not in statute. Okay. Um, so Representative Bridges is is hoping this bill drives additional discussion as it relates to PVAs here in the Commonwealth. Um, KYR and Representative Bridges have had numerous conversations concerning PVAs, uh, and there could be uh, potential collaboration later this year and, and during the interim. Um, regarding PVAs and, you know, potential legislation in future sessions. So uh, that's one bill to keep an eye on as session moves on. Uh, another bill uh, to be on the lookout for is Senate Bill 93. Uh, I know 
Um, if you actually attended the legislative meetings a, a couple of weeks ago, you heard a lot about about this bill. That's the, <clears throat> that's the HOA bill, right? That is the HOA bill, yes. We've had continued talks with uh, the bill sponsor, which is Senator Ralph Alvarado, and the Senate Judiciary Chair, which is Senator Whitney Westerfield, on this bill. Uh, we are, are having continued talks and, and um, you know, hope to come to a resolution on this bill. Uh, we appreciate the continued hard work uh, from both senators on this bill, and I know that they uh, have reached out to us wanting our opinion on this bill, and, and they value, like I said earlier, uh, they value our feedback on this bill. So, uh, unfortunately, KOR still has some issues with the bill and have voted to oppose this legislation in its current form. So uh, Senate Bill 93, a.k.a. the HOA bill, is another bill to keep an eye on this session. For sure. So um, one bill that it, it may not be on your radar right now, um, but NAR has actually published, a, I guess, a research document on medical marijuana and legislation in other states. Uh, as you may know, the medical marijuana bill passed out of the House last week on Thursday, and it now heads to the Senate uh, for further discussion. Um, while while KYR has no formal position on this issue, like I said, the National Association of Realtors uh, released research this month discussing legalized marijuana's impact on the real estate profession and in various states. Hmm. It is quite interesting, actually. Um, there are 33 states who have legalized marijuana for either recreational or medical use, or both. Uh, I would highly recommend reading that study. Uh, it's called, if you went on NAR's website and, and typed in marijuana and real estate in the search bar at the top of the website, it'll come up. Uh, I'll read you just one little snippet out of the article and why everyday realtors should kind of perk up a little bit when they hear, hear medical medical marijuana, excuse me, um, as it relates to their profession. <laughs> In states where marijuana was legal before 2016, 21% had an increase in the value of commercial properties near dispensaries, but 18% reported a decrease. In states where marijuana was legal the longest, 27% of states saw a decrease in residential property values near dispensaries, and 12% had seen an increase. So there's a mm. little, one little snippet out of that article uh, on the National Association of Realtors websites uh, from their research paper on medical marijuana and its impact on the real estate industry. So that's just one one bill to, to keep an eye on as well, uh, like I said, the Kentucky Realtors has no formal yeah. stance on it, but um, I guess NAR has, has weighed in on other states and the impact on real estate. So, Yeah, that is interesting and, and something to keep an eye on. You know, when you hear about medical marijuana, you just think about the use of that and maybe that impact, but you don't think about property values and dispensaries and where yeah. those go and all that. So that, that's something to, mm -hmm. to definitely keep an eye on. That's great. Um, so another newly supported bill by the QRT is going to be House Bill 367 by Representative McCoy. Now that's fees for elected officials. Yes. 
which uh, is interesting. T tell me a little bit about that bill and what it does. Sure, I'll give you a, just like a little brief overview of the bill. It actually does three things. It defines what an elected official is, uh, and, and it, that is to mean the county judge slash executive, county clerk, county attorney, sheriff, jailer, coroner, surveyor, PVA, justice of the peace, constable, magistrate, and county commissioner. Two big ones right there for uh, realtors is county clerks and PVAs. Mm -hmm. Uh, the second thing this bill does is that it establishes a statutory fee amount for services provided, or excuse me, performed by elected officials or their offices to be the maximum fee amount. And then finally, uh, this bill also allows the elected official to charge a lower fee amount when the maximum fee amount is not necessary for funding purposes. This is a good bill and is one your uh, legislative quick response team has voted to support. So, okay. Thank you, Chad McCoy, Representative Chad McCoy, for bringing this bill forward. Yeah, that does sound good. Anything that's going to set a maximum uh, fee in, in statute right. is good because then right. you, you, know, you always know what to expect. <laughs> so, the damage to rental property bill, that's Senate Bill 11. Um, can you give us an update on that bill? Yes. So, this bill uh, is actually sponsored by Chairman Schickel. Uh, again, you Northern Kentucky folks, please say thank you to Chairman uh, Schickel if you see him out and about in your area. Uh, so this bill has passed out of the Senate and is now headed to the House for further consideration and final passage. Um, as, you, as you may know, going back from previous podcasts when discussing this bill, what this bill does is, is, a lot, is, is it allows... Um, owners of residential rental property to pursue criminal charges against anyone who purposefully, that's the key word, purposefully uh, damages or defaces residential rental property. So we are, are very much in favor of this bill. I know we went to uh, a roadshow down in Owensboro, what, last week, Paul? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I discussed this bill and I asked everyone in the audience, you know, if you manage or have any residential rental property, uh, do you mind raising your hand? And quite a yeah. bit of people in that room raised their hand. And when discussing this bill, everybody's eyebrows is yeah. kind of raised a little bit. And I, th I think everybody is very much in favor of this bill. So again, thank you, Chairman Schickel, for, for bringing this bill forward. We, we really appreciate it. All right. Well, that's great, Richard. I know, uh, you and the team have been busy, uh, a lot of legislation. This is not unexpected for session, but uh, <laughs> we appreciate the hard work and the updates. And of course, uh, the uh, legislative updates are going to be available on the website. You should be receiving those via email, mm -hmm. uh, but you can always jump on the website and look up legislative information uh, and get the latest there, including the bill tracker where you can keep track of the bills Richard mentioned today, as well as all the other ones that KYR is monitoring uh, and keep up to date that way. Yes, and one more thing I do want to say is uh, I do want to say thank you to Amy Wycliffe, who is our contracted lobbyist in Frankfurt. Yeah. She is our boots on the ground every single day and is in the trenches uh, speaking and, and discussing legislation uh, minute by minute with legislators. And, and we, we need to say thank you to Amy for all that she does for us. Uh, all that she does for me uh, in Frankfurt. So, Amy, thank you so much. Also, 
if you do see your member, your legislator out in uh, their district, you know, at the grocery store, at a restaurant, say thank you to them. There's a lot of stuff that they do uh, behind the scenes that, that really make our industry go. And please, uh, please say thank you next time you see them out and about in their district. Yeah, there's a lot more to what they do every day than just that one issue you might really care about. There's a lot of work that they do, and, and, and they deserve respect, and thanks for their service. So, absolutely. Richard, thanks so much. Appreciate the update, and uh, hopefully uh, we have some great updates to come in the near future. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you next time. Thank you. And now I'd like to get right into a segment that was recorded in San Francisco uh, in the fall. Uh, former KYR CEO Susie Helm was joined by Wendy Penn, and they talked to me about uh, housing opportunity programs and state and local association services provided by NAR. So let's get right to that. So we are coming to you from San Francisco. We're in the Marriott uh, here at the uh, NAR annual convention. And joining me today is Susie Helm, who many of you may remember uh, from her days uh, there, the Kentucky Realtors Association. She is now the VP of State and Local Services and Advocacy Operations at NAR. And Wendy Penn is also joining her. Uh, she is the manager for the Housing Opportunity Program at NAR. Thank you both very much for joining me. Great. Happy, Thank to, you. Be Happy here. to be here. How is the week going so far at NAR's? Busy. Good, productive. Very productive. busy. Engaged meetings. Members have had a lot of good feedback. Conversation has been good in the committee meetings. It's going well. A lot of activity going on. Great. A lot of members here. I think about 20,000. Yes. Right. Yeah. And this is my first annual meeting. I've been to the legislative meeting in the, in the spring, right. but this is my first annual, so um, I'm, I knew it was going to be a lot of people, and it really is a lot of people. <laughs> it is a lot of people. So, well, thank you again both for joining us. And uh, for those who, Susie, who remember you uh, and maybe don't know exactly uh, what you do right now, can you tell us about your role at NAR and what that looks like? Sure, sure. I am the Vice President of State and Local Services and Advocacy Operations, as you said. And so under the State and Local Services, we have community outreach and all of our political meetings and events, consumer advocacy outreach, and operations for over 70 advocacy programs or advocacy employees. So um, a lot of different things, kind of a little mixing pot of different mm -hmm. things, but um, community outreach and a lot of member touch in our area. So 70 advocacy employees? About 70 advocacy wow. employees. That's on the state, local, and federal level that provide services, lobbying on the federal level, a lot of programs and services at the state and local level. So what you're saying is it's a lot of work it's to a take lot of these work. realtors' uh, <laughs> needs and wants and, and interests and take them to all the different areas that they need to be discussed. A lot of work and a lot of a variety of a lot of topics that we have to have yeah. good experts in, a lot of knowledge in, and and um, and provide services around those things too. Okay. And Wendy, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. I'm part of the community outreach team. So I'm part of Susie's uh, group that she oversees. Uh, and the goal of community outreach is to provide resources, tools, information to realtors so they can be good advocates for things like affordability, uh, smart growth and land use policies, placemaking, and diversity in their community. My role specifically with the Housing Opportunity Program is to manage a set of tools, including a grant program, some national level partnerships and training that we have uh, to help realtors have an impact in creating options in their community for people of all income ranges. Well, that's great. And that's really kind of what we want to talk about today is what kinds of tools and things there are out there for all associations mm -hmm. to kind of get involved, um, 
you guys kind of seem like the the toolbox or the, the keeper <laughs> of all the tools that that these associations can do. Um, so can you tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about uh, what kind of programs you have that local associations can take advantage of? Right. In the Realtor Party, it's a term that we use to describe how our members engage in the political and legislative process. Uh, we have over 80 programs and services wow. that are available to associations to apply for in grants or to utilize as far as services. It can be uh, services to elect Realtor Champions or sometimes to defeat those who are not realtor champions, um, issues to get issues passed in a, on a ballot issue, uh, to engage in the community outreach area, which we when we'll talk a little bit more about what we can do, raising political funds, our PAC funds, or other political funds, and also to engage members, tools that we use to engage members in the political and legislative process, so they can have an influence in their own community to affect public policy and make things good for real estate. That's great. Homeowners and businesses. Okay. Right. Well, that's great. So 80 programs, that, that's a lot. Um, it's a lot of programs. Uh, are these, is there a, a section of the NAR website where, where associations go to to see all this? How I'm glad they? you asked that. Yeah. Um, we have a website just for the Realtor Party where all the applications are and the descriptions of all the programs, realtorparty.realtor is the website address and m many of the staff know about it but many of the members don't because that's really where all the tools reside for the staff to go to if they have an issue maybe a piece of legislation was introduced and they have questions they can read about success stories other associations have done and learn from them they can look at um, all kinds of other tools and resources that are available. They're all divided out and okay. easy access and a lot of good information. A lot of, lot of information on the website there. Yeah, sometimes that's a barrier to people getting involved. They don't know where to look and find right. that stuff, so that, that's good. So what kinds of programs do you have that, to engage members? Well, um, there's a lot of ways to engage members in, across the board in, like I said, elections, or in the community outreach area, in the political fundraising area, mm -hmm. in the political disbursements area, and also in the process, in the political process or the legislative process. So one area that we have is called Advocacy Everywhere. And what that means is we used to have a call for action that only delivered information via email. Okay. But now we've expanded that knowing that many people use social media as a way of communication or digital media, texting programs. And so in Advocacy Everywhere, we find how to best reach that elected official or that public policy maker in, the, in a variety of ways so that um, they can get a message through digital or through texting programs or all kinds of things. So we make it convenient for our members that um, they can get receive it through digital, text, or email. And so, and it sends a message to say we support this, whether it's a local right. issue, a state issue, or a federal issue. It's, okay. very, it's very broad and, and convenient for the member, most importantly. Okay. And for those members who, um, you know, maybe they've never sought out an elected official to talk to. Maybe they just don't know how to break the ice, uh, how to, you know, maybe email isn't their forte. They want to, they've been thinking about going to a town hall or maybe calling them and making an appointment. How does that, how do you maybe take that first step? What's a good kind of way to, to, to make that happen? So I think a one of the best ways, one of my favorite programs that we have is On Common Ground Magazine. It's a high quality magazine 
that shows what's going on in communities across America. Usually it's themed. For example, it might be about walkability. So I think a great way to introduce a concept in your community is to take this magazine to your mayor, your city council, maybe even your planning commission or your zoning code folks. So anybody, any government official, and don't overlook those who are appointed. We focus right. on elected, but appointed officials and, and staff are also very important. Take that magazine and have a conversation to say, look what they did in this city. We can do it in our city as well. Look at the ideas here. And so it's a great entree for a member to go talk to elected official and say, you look, we'd like to make this change in our community and here's how another community did it successfully. I think that's a great way. It's a great opener, a great conversation. Maybe the public official will say, well, these problems exist that the member may not be aware of, and mm -hmm. then helps you overcome those things and really just form a great relationship with your public official to say, we want to talk about how we think the community ought to grow and develop. Right. Being an informed constituent is important. Very they important. They know you're not just coming with a list of wants and needs exactly. or complaints, uh, but they know that you're informed and you're willing to have conversation. And knowledgeable. Right. Realtors are knowledgeable about the areas that are important to a public official. So do you think then that by forming a relationship like that, that a realtor could become a resource and a source of information for that politician? That is exactly what our programs aim to do. We really want to provide realtors with the resources so that they are seen as the, the expert, the content expert, a trusted expert on a lot of these issues. And one way that we do that is through our grants program. We have grants available in the areas of housing opportunity, smart growth, diversity, placemaking. We also have issue mobilizations grants. But one of the main ways these grants are used, particularly in the community outreach, um, is to do studies about what's going on in the local housing market. Uh, what are the needs? Um, how is the economy changing? What type of jobs are coming to the area? What are those income levels? And do we have enough housing to, to match what that's going to be? Uh, and that's a lot of information. That's a lot to try to get your arms around. But if you have someone like the Realtor Association that can provide that information, be an unbiased resource, they're, they're of course not doing the research, but they are going right. to partner with a trusted, unbiased group to provide that information. And we've seen examples where um, cities have used a section of a study and a comprehensive plan, mm -hmm. or where you can go to a town meeting like we were talking about earlier and saying, you know, this is what we're projecting. Our town is growing and that's fantastic, but do we have the kind of housing we need to keep up with it? And so that's a great tool that we offer that associations can take advantage of. Okay. So if there's a, a local association out there in Kentucky that maybe hasn't done this before, they haven't taken advantage of a lot of these mm -hmm. things, where's a good place to start? Um, maybe they're, they bring this up at the next meeting. Mm -hmm. um, where does that, where does something like that happen? Mm -hmm. I often get calls and uh, someone will call and say from an association, we want to do something, but we don't know what that right, is. Exactly. And I always say, okay, what are the issues that your community is facing? And there's always a long list. And then my next question is, what other organizations are already addressing it in some way? Okay. And what is it the unique thing that realtors can bring to the table that no one else has? And that's an opportunity for them to try to form a coalition. Um, there okay. was a great example from a local association in Hawaii. They had a, a homelessness problem. Realtors couldn't solve the problem on their own. There are a lot of agencies working on things, but they weren't talking to each other. Okay. But realtors knew all of the, the players at the organization, so they had a fair that brought together 
all of the people who were providing programs with landlords who had available homes, uh, available uh, locations to rent. And in that fair, they were able to get people with resources in the same room. Um, and several of the organizations said, we could not have done this without the realtors because they know everybody and we just right. don't have that. So that's one of the amazing things that realtors can do. They know the community. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is something that you would like either associations or just Joe Schmo realtor out there? What is it that you'd like them to know about you and your programs and your group at NAR um, to kind of get, get the ball rolling? so to speak. I think one of the most important things is that no matter what your issue, we probably have something that will help. Well, and with I 80 think, programs. With I think. 80 <laughs> programs. Whether it's a, a public official who just won't work with you anyway, mm-hmm. and we have electoral programs, um, messaging, or just like Wendy said, I'm trying to figure out what to do, how I can address it. If you have a piece of legislation and you don't know how it will impact your community, we can provide some analysis on that and help you out with that. So whatever your problems problems related to real estate and community (laughs) development, (laughs) we're not providing therapy here. That's another part. (laughs) Right, that's somebody else, (laughs) right. But um, your issues in your community development in the real estate, we probably have something that can help out, and all you have to do is just place a call. You don't know how to call. You don't know who to call. We'll we'll get you to the right person, so we'll figure that out. Yes. And and I think another important thing is, is... your problem has probably also been experienced by somebody else. Right. And so we can also hook you up with somebody else, whether through a success story or sometimes even what didn't work out for them too. So you can learn from other people's mistakes. And so I think um, what's really valuable, there are 1,200 local associations mm-hmm. and we all, we're not alone in this at all. I think that's very important to know that there's other people who are going through the same thing and, and learning from each other is very important. Yeah, and so what I hear you saying is your group can really act as, as kind of a hub for that. Exactly, uh, exactly, right. Okay, well, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to mention? I have a couple of things that I think would be of interest. Um, I'll, we have done some surveys recently. We surveyed members about things going on in their local communities, and we also okay. did a survey for state associations to find out what their legislative priorities are. It's very interesting that... Um, Members and the GAD, their GADs, mm-hmm. are seeing some of the same, same things. But um, a couple pieces of information I thought were interesting. First of all, um, it's interesting that three quarters of the members surveyed believe that their community's on the right track. They're okay. going the right direction. They're doing things. And I don't know if that means they're listening to them or what, but I thought it was a good positive sign that three quarters of the members surveyed thought that their community's on the right track. Also, three quarters of the members also give positive marks to their state association and local association staff as being a resource or a voice or um, somebody who works with their public officials. And I think that's also a really good positive development. What we want to do is train and educate local association staff on public policy as much as we can so they can continue to be that voice for their members and help them navigate through all the political processes and legislative processes. Um, The top issues that members have identified and staff have identified are taxes, property taxes, also transfer taxes. So taxes are on everybody's mind. And um, housing affordability, housing availability, supply issue, issue all over the country. We see those as top issues. Planning and zoning. 
uh, things on county zoning and all the and then secondarily we're seeing rent control uh, rental issues all over the place um, those are all short-term rentals all kinds of different um, uh, regulations related to that and then at the state level interestingly we also see some licensing and regulatory issues coming up so those okay. are the top priorities that we're hearing just those are top line off the um, mm -hmm. well, the hot the hot survey so um, builder incentives are things that mm -hmm. they're looking at what can we do builder incentives yeah, to solve the uh, uh, solving inventory the problems. inventory problems <laughs> yeah. supplies um, any type of reduction of regulatory requirements without compromising any safety issues and or mm -hmm. health and safety that's always important but what what can we do i i think i heard today here uh, people talking about they don't their community doesn't allow any adus any kind of um, alternative living space she sheds maybe yeah. something like that so i'm um, looking at what might work in your community there's been some really fascinating design concepts that have been coming okay. up that we've seen here that um, it doesn't look like the kind of the boxy type things that you think of typically, right. but some very attractive properties that you might drive by. Look at this beautiful mansion here, well manicured, beautiful, and yet it might house four, five, seven families in it. Wow. So, okay. um, so some unique design concepts that we're seeing that um, our communities are saying, you know, we need to address our problems, but we don't want to compromise the aesthetics of our community, and I think that's very important. Sure. One other piece, if I may. Absolutely. Um, we have, as you may have heard, hopefully you've heard, and our members have all heard about That's Who We Are, our mm -hmm. consumer campaign, which we put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, Might absolutely. have seen it on TV, digital, yeah, social. seen it in our magazine as well. We, we put it terrific. In. Yeah. Well, something that's unique in just um, November and December is we're doing a little focus on uh, advocacy, some of the issues that are important. And so we're expanding that's who we are to include some advocacy issues. We want to talk about the 30-year mortgage and okay. the importance of the 30-year mortgage to all of the America, really. Sure. It's unique. America's unique in this with the 30-year mortgage. It's not as available in other countries like it is here. And so we want to preserve that and also make sure our policymakers, our lawmakers understand that that's what we're about. That's who we are. Right. We're about preservation of of um, housing programs and, and things, financing options that help um, their clients and customers get into housing and stay into housing. That's great. I think, you know, that that's who we are campaign is very good and it definitely promotes the value of a realtor. Right. But then also bringing that advocacy piece, I think is, is going to go a long way because right. I think the public and legislators that, you know, they, they kind of know, but it's not front of mind and to, to, to connect those issues with, you know, an issue that affects a homeowner directly like right. that. And, and so that they know what NAR and the voice of, of the Realtor Association right. does to, to preserve those things, That's, that, that can only be a good thing. Exactly. And the Realtor Association is a resource. It's a tremendous resource in the community. That's great. So, now, yeah. Wendy, you mentioned community development earlier, mm -hmm. and I know that's going to be something that uh, we're all excited about. Of course, Lester Sanders, our incoming president, uh, that's going to be a, one of his uh, biggest prongs of his mm -hmm. approach uh, uh, this next year. And so I look forward to kind of seeing how we as a state association, how the local associations can get more involved and, and, and make that a priority. Um, Absolutely, uh, and it's, I, you mentioned Lester, I know him well. He's been a member of the Housing Opportunity Committee mm -hmm. for several years and was actually a member of our grant review group. So he knows a lot about the programs that we're talking about and has seen the great things that um, associations have done. 
And definitely one of the things I really would encourage associations to do is just pick up the phone and call staff when mm -hmm. you're looking at these issues, whether it's a supply and affordability issue, uh, smart growth or a land use issue, mm -hmm. how to make the, the, the best and most productive use out of the land that's available, um, how to do introduce some of this uh, middle housing that Susie was just mentioning. We had a great speaker at the Urban Roundtable yesterday, mm -hmm. um, a group called Opticos Design here out of the Bay Area. But they were talking about how communities are building homes that fit the character of the neighborhood. When you look at it, it might look like a single family home, mm -hmm. but inside there might, it might be a duplex or it might be a fourplex. But designers and architects are getting smart about how they design sure. it. And it's, it's not a new concept. It's just, you know, it's the way homes were designed decades ago. We got a little bit away from that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but we're, we're seeing a return to that. And that's a great way that realtors can be involved in addressing some of these issues if they advocate for that type of design um, and educate the community about the value it can bring. That's great. Well, I know we could probably do an 80-part series <laughs> with this, and we've just scratched the surface, but I really appreciate your time and, and discussing this. And sure. um, if there's anything we can do as a state association to help connect our locals, our, our own staff. Mm -hmm. um, we know, will call on you. Please do. Please do. For we sure. will call on you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Terrific. Thank you. Great conversation there. Thanks to everyone who joined me for this uh, podcast episode. Uh, couldn't do it without them. Uh, as always, please uh, let us know what you'd like to hear about and who you'd like to hear from. You can send an email to me, Paul Del Rio, at pdelrio at kyrealtors.com, or our general email inbox is kyrealtors at kyrealtors.com. We always look forward to hearing from you. Give us feedback in person or send us an email. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. Thank you so much again for making us a, a part of your day. I uh, hope to see you again soon here on another podcast. Thanks so much for joining us.